Hello and welcome to episode number 36 of the 10 to Track Weekly World Match Previews Podcast. I am your host, Soccer Noob. I haven't been following soccer for too many years, still decided to do a podcast. That's my name. Joining me as always is my co-host, nine-year-old lovely daughter, new to being a person and therefore person noob. Hello! And we're here to bring you the 10 best matches in the world, many previews for them, and best as we define them, most interesting matches. Sure, we like to cover uh, some of the biggest teams from international tournaments, number one versus two teams from leagues, from all the biggest in the world, really important matches. But we also like to cover some of those one versus two matches from some of the smaller leagues in the world and medium-sized ones as well. We're not afraid to go to any corner of the footy globe, as you will soon find out. So uh, this week's episode is going to cover matches for our soccer week as we define it, which is going to be Friday the 18th through Thursday the 26th. With no further ado, let's dive right in with... Match number one! We keep things chronologically oriented as always and start on Saturday as we didn't happen to have any Friday matches make this particular 10 to track cut. And we stay stateside for the first one, Major League Soccer, where the top seven finishers in each of the conferences this year will make the playoffs. The winners of the Eastern and Western Conference each will get a huge advantage of getting to start all the way up in the semifinals and They're not going to use the playoffs. They're going to use the regular season once again to determine which teams, and will be the two conference winners, earn CONCACAF Champions League berths. Uh, Numbers two through five finishers in the regular season will also get to go to something called the League's Cup, which is sort of a standalone tournament that gets played with uh, four of the teams that finish in similar positions out of Liga MX in Mexico. In any case, this match, most interesting looking one this week, features the LA Galaxy and Seattle Sounders. LA Galaxy are at home. They are third currently in the Western Conference. Seattle are number one and looking outstanding. Uh, The Galaxy actually lead the overall series 14, 10, and 12 all time. Uh, The Western Conference table looks like this as follows. At the time that I scouted the match, by the time you're listening to this, there may be some subtle changes. Seattle, first place, 18 points. Kansas City in the second position with 17. The Galaxy in third with 15. And the big surprise, I think, Colorado Rapids. Uh, They are actually not too far behind with 13 points. They've already played once this season, believe it or not. And Seattle won 3-0. Care to watch this? It's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. That's Eastern Time Zone, 9 p.m. for the start. A little bit about each, the Galaxy. Uh, they won the Champions League back in 2000, so some history on their side, but you've got to go a little ways back. Five MLS Cup championships, that means they won the playoffs and took the official league crown. Most recent one was in 2014. They finished with the overall overall best record in the league just one time. They won the Supporters' Shield in 2011. The last uh, five, six years haven't been as kind to them, to be perfectly honest. Example, last year, they finished just in 10th place in the West and didn't get to participate in the playoffs. This year, they are in fine form right now, 3-2-0 in their last five. They tend to win close. When they lose, they lose big. We'll see if that pattern holds and if the uh, effect it takes on their goal differential ends up costing them uh, the title or a playoff berth. 
Statistically, they are tied for number six in the league on offense, or the conference, I should say, tied for number 10 on defense. Don't put too much stock in those numbers just yet, though. They're tied with an awful lot of teams. It's early in the season. I think a little bit better indicator is that right now they've got the number five goal differential going. Number one league score they get to boast having, Javier Hernandez, Chikorito, more famously known as for his nickname. And I've always known about the nickname, but I did not know the history, despite the fact that I pretend to know some Spanish from way back in my school days. His father was known as Chikaro, which translates to pea or chickpea, specifically for his green eyes. And so Chikorito, the Ito suffix, meaning the little pea. Outstanding. All-time leader for Mexico, not so little looking there. Spent the heart of his career with Manchester United. So this is one of the great players in the world. If you're watching him on TV and you're fairly new like I am, just be looking for the guy who plays very, very close to the goal. He's been known as something of a goal poacher for a lot of his career, but he's very keen on his positioning, kind of like Ronaldo. He's always in the right place at the right time. And despite the fact that he's not terribly tall, he is amazing on aerials, can win a lot of headers up close. Meanwhile, Seattle, their history, not quite as storied overall, but their success has been more recent. Uh, They won the MLS Cup in both 2016 and 19, taking the playoffs and league crown. Supporter Shield, they won that in 2014. Last year, second place in the West, and they made it all the way to the playoff final before losing to the Columbus Crew. That said, their last two matches, for all that they've been in pretty good form overall for the year, have been two of their three draws. Uh, They have the second best offense going, and they have only allowed three goals on the year. Their goal differential, just outstanding. They've got uh, two and a half times more on their side statistically than any other team in the conference. Key players to look for. Number two league leading scorer is Raul Rui Diaz, the Peruvian designated player for them. He has a fun nickname as well. Makes me think Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Flea because he is very slight in build. He spent uh, the vast majority of his career uh, from start until more recent years uh, with various very good South American teams. They moved his way up north to Morelia in Liga MX in 2017. And now, of course, he has made his way further north still. And then on the assist leaderboard, we have homegrown American Will Bruin. Uh, He has had six seasons under his belt with Houston Dynamo and then has spent the entire rest of his career here with the Sounders. And tied for number four in clean sheets on the league is the veteran goalkeeper, uh, technically from Switzerland, but he's lived here for almost his, no, his entire adult life. Moved over here with the family when he was 15. Uh, spent five seasons in Toronto, and he has been with Seattle ever since. Match number B. Before we get into our second match, which is another Saturday match, a big thank you to my daughter, co-host, nine-year-old purse noob, for reminding us, as always, that number two, Well, quite frankly, it's just bathroom talk. We all know what it means, and we don't need to have that sort of uncouthness around here. Out with that one, join the quiet revolution that is number B. Use it frequently in your lives, new bites, daily basis kind of stuff. In any case, back to the footy. You might be saying, noob... I'm a longtime follower of the sport, unlike you. I knew a lot of that stuff, or maybe even all that stuff about the MLS. Well, we tried to do something for everyone. That preview was a little bit more for new bites or newer folk like me. Match number two proves that we will go to any part of the world, and it's probably one that we don't know a lot about the footy there much at all. Say hello to the Super League of Uzbekistan. 
It's actually not too shabby. It's the number 10 rated league in all of Asia. As such, they get one Champions League group stage berth, and then they get to send one team to the Asian Cup group stage. It's sort of like the Europa League, but sort of not. I'll be explaining that a little bit later on as we cover a match from it. In terms of this league, they're about a third of the way through the season. And your matchup is a number one versus number B, as we so often like to do here. Number one, Pakhtakor, versus surprising number B, Sogdiana. Both of these teams are undefeated, going to be a whale of a match. Not that we'll probably have too much, if any luck, trying to find someplace even on the internet to stream it, but I sure as heck may try. In any case, a little bit about each. Pakhtakor literally translates from the native language to the cotton growers, which, as you might imagine, is a staple of the economy there. They play out of the capital city of Tashkent. If this uh, soccer team's names rings any sort of bell for you at all, but you don't follow the soccer from there, which probably most people outside of that region don't. It's probably for this sad reason. In 1972, their claim to fame, infamy, however you want to put it, uh, back when their teams were part of uh, the Soviet system, and this team was part of the top, the Soviet top league is what it was called. I believe they were on their way back from a game, and this was in 1972. There was a very famous plane collision where 170 people died. 17 of them were the players, uh, coaches, and staff in this particular team. But on to happier and more recent things. They are the current powerhouse in this league. 13 league titles to their name. They are the two-time defending champs. If memory serves, they've won three of the last four, in fact. Champions League, their best success isn't in the most recent years, but back in both 2003 and 4, they made it all the way to the AFC-CL semifinals. This year, laying waste to the competition, tied for the top offense in the league, easily the number one defense. In fact, they're the only team in the league that's allowing less than one goal per match. Key guy to look for, number two league scorer, Dragan Sh- He is a Serbian attacker and uh, the best club, maybe other than this one, I'm not sure about the comparative analysis. In any case, the best European team that he's played for spent 2012 with Hapoel Haifa over in Israel. And meanwhile, our surprise challengers, Sogdiana, they are known as the Yellows. Their nickname is also surprising, at least to me, because neither their home nor away kits nor their crest have any yellow on them. There might be a little bit of a yellowish green accent on the bottom of the crest, but I'm 20% red green colorblind. Couldn't tell you for sure. In any case, they play out of a city of about 180,000 in the east central part of the country called Jiza. Last year, they finished number four, and I believe that is tied for the best they've ever done in the league. They've very much been a yo-yo team. Every few years, they drop back down to the second division, win or finish second place in that, come back up. Yo-Yo team. This year, they're the team that Pactacor is tied for number one in the offense with. Defense is pretty good, top four in the league, second best goal differential, and they boast the number one league scorer, Shokraz Nurkanov. Match number three. We flip the calendar page to Sunday and head on back stateside for a match from the NWSL, the women's top league here in the States, where this year the top six finishers are all going to get to make the playoffs. And the best-looking matchup this week is uh, number one, Orlando Pride versus number four, and I don't know if they say this or use the acronym, but NJ slash NY Gotham FC. I'll be referring to them simply as Gotham FC. Uh, This team's been rebranded starting this year. They were previously known as uh, Sky Blue. They're in New Jersey. 
In any case, Orlando lead the all-time series 5-3-4. and four. New Jersey won the last time they met, and that was in their preseason tournament, the Challenge Cup. Uh, Gotham City won 0-1. Orlando in the table currently lead Portland by two and then Gotham City are in a three-way tie for second place but that said they have a game in hand against those other two teams so it is advantage girls from Gotham a little bit about each let's talk about Orlando first like a lot of these clubs it's very very new they were founded in just 2016 they are the only undefeated team remaining in the league and that is a big change. It might be getting vertigo up there because last year they finished in just ninth place. Best that they've ever finished the season was 2017. They finished in third uh, before losing in the playoff semifinals. This year, second best offense going. Uh, just tied for number five on defense. A little bit of a bugaboo for them, but the goal differential still looks good. They have the second best. Number one league score is a very well-known name to all fans of the USWNT, the national team. Alex Morgan leads the league in scoring. A that might be less familiar at the very least I know it was for me but somebody else to watch for number one in the league in assists is Taylor Korniak and if you're a fan of international women's football her name could be familiar to you she spent part of last season 2020 with German team MSV I'm going to pronounce it Duisburg I forgot to look that up Meanwhile, Gotham City, they do play out of Harrison, New Jersey. Uh, their best finish in the top league. Back when the top league in the U.S. was known as the WPS in 2009, they won that. Uh, last year, they finished in fourth place in this league, and that's tied for the best they've ever done. They are tied for last on offense, number one on defense. Basically, imagine parking a great big old bus in front of the goal and just saying, kick it past this, people. A two-to-one goal differential just means they're parking the bus. <laughs> Not a very exciting team to watch, to be perfectly honest. But if you're a fan of defense, keep your eye on the goalkeeper. She is from Canada, Kalian Sheridan. Match number four. Another Sunday match, and we are already off to our third confederation to cover from the podcast. Headed off to Europe, UEFA specifically, a match in Spain, La Liga 2. They are at the very end of their Promotional playoffs from the regular season is number five, Girona, taking on number six, Rio Vallecano. Now, this is set up just like the championship over in England, the second division there. The top two teams got automatically promoted, and then the next four teams, number three through six in the regular season table, all have a mini tournament to see who is going to be the third and final team to get promoted to the top flight next year. So this time, it is these particular two, and it is the second match of their two-legged tie. The first one went the way of Girona, 1-2 on the road, so they very much have the advantage here at home. But that said, during the regular season, uh, RV, as that's a little bit easier for me to say, had the best of it. They had a 2-1 win at home and then managed a nil-nil draw on the road. They also lead the all-time series with this team, 6-4-1. and one. A little bit about each. Girona, that is a city of about 100,000 in the northeast part of the country, Catalonia region. In 2017-18, they had their best finish in La Liga. They finished number 10, and then they got demoted the very next year back to League 2. They haven't spent very much time other than that in the top flight. Last year, they made the promotional playoffs as well by finishing number 5. Obviously, didn't advance through the playoffs. This year, statistically, right where you would expect number 6 for offense, defense, goal differential. Key players to look for on the assists leaderboard, Gerard Gumbau. 
Uh, his claim to fame had a cup of coffee with Barcelona in 2015-16, made three appearances for them. And then their goalkeeper, Juan Carlos, uh, CONCACAF fans, his name could be familiar to you. He started his career with Guadalajara in Liga MX, and then he also spent at least one season that I'm aware of with Elche, which are currently on La Liga. I'm not sure if they were at the time or not, or if they were in the Segunda División or not. Meanwhile, RV, uh, they are an area in the Madrid conurbation known as uh, Vallecas. They very much consider themselves uh, culturally distinct. They even like to replace all their hard C's with the letter K in lots of stuff over there to make it look very different. Uh, a little less traditionally Spanish, certainly. Uh, it's a very proud community, large one, about 300,000, huge working class slum of an urban area. I don't think that they mean slum in quite the same way necessarily as they do in some other parts of the world, but it is very, very working class. Uh, this is another of those yo-yo teams. I described that concept before. 2012-13, they finished number eight in La Liga. That was the best they did. Last year, they finished in a prim playoff promotion position, just like Girona. They finished in sixth, obviously did not advance through. Uh, they're a little bit better on offense, number four, but a little weaker on defense. Time for just eighth in the league number five on goal differential overall key player for them for this match is going to be probably Alvaro Garcia. He is uh, number ooh, number B almost said it wrong on the assist leaderboard for league two. And uh, he played with uh, league one teams, both Granada and Cadiz previously match number five. We continue on through our weekend by doing some more globe trotting and hitting yet another confederation. We're off to the CAF, the Confederation of African Football, for a number one versus number B match in Lesotho's Premier League. I don't mean to be condescending. If this happens to be a country that's unfamiliar to you, as it is a very, very small one, uh, this is a completely enclaved country, and that has a very specific definition. It is landlocked, and it is completely surrounded by territory of another country, just like San Marino is in Italy. That is the case for Lesotho being surrounded by the land of South Africa. In any case, this is a league you probably don't know much about. I know I didn't, as they're not even rated by the CAF. Unlike uh, most uh, confederations where they rank all their league associations, they only do that for like the top 31 or 32 of the roughly, I want to say, 55 league associations in Africa. This team's not rated. As such, they only get one Champions League berth. You have to be in the top 12 in Africa in order to get more than one, and they're about a third of the way through the season there. And your matchup is what for this place is a classic. Number one, Bantu taking on number B, Mat Lama. Bantu uh, currently lead them by six. Mat Lama, in turn, are actually tied with a team that I'm going to assume is the Army or Military Team, LDF. I've got to think that's a Lesotho Defense Force, but take that with a grain of salt. I didn't actually check it out. In any case... A little bit about each. Bantu, that's a, a small town, about 40,000 in the west central part of the country. Uh, if you or someone you know likes to shop at uh, The Gap or Old Navy or both, there's a pretty fair chance that the clothing was made there. That's one of their uh, bigger economic things. There is a clothing factory that makes it uh, largely or exclusively for that uh, company and those two stores. They were founded with a really cool name years and years back, the Flying Sweeps of Mafetang. 
uh, the new name Bantu, which is a language group and a kind of more of a uh, broad uh, term for uh, tribes in the area, was adopted in order to unite the tribes in order to support team. And I love the color scheme on their Crescent kits. I'm a University of Iowa graduate. I like the black and old gold, and theirs looks very much the same. They are the current power. Four league titles and the defending champs. Uh, that said, not a lot of success in the Champions League. Uh, they've been to the preliminary round, I believe, four times. They've only advanced to the first round once this year. They are 9-0-0. They are the only team that is scoring more than two goals per game, and they have only conceded two goals to date this year. Very outstanding. Meanwhile, your challengers, Matlama. This is one of six teams that play out of the capital city of, I'm going to pronounce it Maseru. I didn't look up quite as many of my pronunciations this week on time, so the management who does our editing and producing gets to hear me stumble through them or just flat out get them wrong. In any case, they play out of the capital. They have 11 league titles to their credit. That is the most in league history. They uh, most recently won one in 2019, but I think you have to go at least a decade back before you find the second most recent. Uh, They didn't used to get to send teams to the Champions League, so they've only appeared there twice. They've never gotten past the preliminary round. They finished in second place last year. This year, they have the second best uh, offense going, and uh, they are tied for number three in the league on defense. I wish I had some information on key players to look for for either of these teams, but quite frankly, it's a little bit difficult on the fly to find uh, players and other specific in- information out of leagues this small that aren't from a local confederation. So you may not know a lot more than you did before, but it is something more than you knew before. For some strange reason, the three mew sounder of person noob imitating our kitties has come to signify it's time to take a break from our current tracking of the coming week's matches and do what we actually say that we do, and that is track. Let's do a recap of last week's tended track matches. Match number one was a Saturday match. It was a friendly between Mexico and Honduras that went to a nil-nil finish. Match number B, CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers Leg one was between St. Kitts and Nevis and El Salvador, and it was a route. El Salvador won nil, nil four. They also went on later in the week to win the second match one nil, and so they get to advance in their World Cup qualifying quest. Match number three, we went to Angola's uh, Girabola or Girabola for number B Petro de Luanda and number one Primeiro de Augusto. And it was uh, Petro de Luanda winning 3-0. That dropped Primero de Augusto down to number three in the table. Match number four, we went tropical. Tahiti's League One, where it was number one P-Ray in their championship round, taking on number two Venus. And the result was a 1-1 draw. Sunday, match number five, a friendly between the USA women's national team and that of Jamaica. And it was a route. USA winning 4-0. Match number six, we went over to Europe to Kazakhstan, the best of the summer leagues still going on their premier league for number one Astana taking on number B Tobol Kostane and it was a 1-1 draw a couple players we said to look for had goals uh, Nikolic uh, for Tobol and then Tomasov for Astana match number seven we went to Nigeria's premier league 
for number two, uh, Cano Pillars, and number one, Aqua United. I think they started playing the game, and something might have happened. I don't know what, because they didn't use the word postpone. This match was aborted. Hopefully next week I'll know a little bit more about it. On Monday in the European Championships, we took a gander at Scotland playing Czech Republic, and Czech Republic had their way winning nil two. And the guy we said to look for, because they would have too many offensive threats, and this was the youngest one. Really proud that I sort of prognosticated this one correctly. Patrick Sheik had a brace of goals. Match number nine was an Africa Cup of Nations, their championships qualifier, and it was Sierra Leone getting the best of Benin 1-0, and so they came up in the table. The very last match of the entire qualifying stage, two advanced, keeping Benin out, and the goal was scored by Kai Kamara, formerly of U.S. Uh, uh, MLS's Minnesota United. I said that he was on their team, but he's actually a free agent right now. He's 36, so nobody's picked him up. And then Tuesday, match number 10 was an AFC World Cup qualifier uh, to see who might advance between Iran and Iraq, and it was Iran moving up from number B in the table to number one with a 1-0 win, but Iraq was one of the best second-place finishers, and so they will advance into uh, the next round of World Cup qualifying as well. And then our route of the week explanations on these bonus matches coming later. We went to the Faroe Islands Premier League. Uh, number one IK taking on number 10 TB. Much easier for me to go with the abbreviations because my Faroese isn't great. And it was a route for the number one team. We predicted a 5-0 win here. They only won 4-0. Then the most meaningless match in the world. We went to Guinea's Pro League. Kalum Star and Wakria, but that match got postponed. And then our match of disappointed. A Monday match appropriately in Uruguay's Primera División, number 15 Villa or Villa Española taking on number 16 Boston River, and fittingly, it was a 2-2 draw. Uh, a guy we said to look for, Rafael Betancourt for Boston River, had the first goal, and then uh, Villa did not get the equalizer till the 90th minute. And that concludes your recap of last week's matches. Now let's continue into the current week's tracking with. Match number six. You get one day off to recover from your jet lag from one heck of a weekend. And then on Tuesday, we're headed back to Asia where the AFC Champions League is going on. This match is going to be a playoff round match. That's the round right before the group stage. And thusly, the winner of this match gets to move on to the group stage. And the match is Shanghai Port, as you would imagine, from China. And they are taking on a Filipino team called Kaya. Now, there are supposed to be four playoff round matches going here in the eastern half of the AFC Champions League. But three of the Australian teams dropped out because their league schedule got moved some and the Champions League schedule got moved some, all because of COVID, as you might imagine. And they have decided to prioritize their domestic league instead of the Champions League. A little bit to my surprise that their association didn't work harder with them on that since it's Champions League, but that's the way it is. And it gives a chance for some other teams to move on that might not necessarily have gotten to do so because those Australian teams are not too shabby at all. So, in regards to these two teams, a little bit about each. Shanghai Port. If the name is unfamiliar, that's because starting this year, none of the teams in the Super League in China can have corporate sponsorships in their name. They're kind of going the Germany route. Uh, they were known as Shanghai SIPG, and they've been very good in recent years. They are known as the Red Eagles. And by the way, this association is the best ranked one in all of Asia. They won the league in 2018 and then made the Champions League semifinals the very next year. Those are their best finishes. 
Last year, they finished just number four in the Chinese Super League, which isn't high enough to normally get an international berth, at least not Champions League. But the FA Cup winner, Shandong Taishan, uh, they qualified for this, but they got their license pulled because they had some past due bills, basically would be the simplest way to put it. So they don't get to play. And this team did not have to play in the preliminary round because of the Australian dropouts. They advanced right to this round. Uh, they won their regular season group last year before their championship round. And then they finished in fourth place once that championship stage was played through. They were very average on offense at best, but they had the number one defense in the league going. Their offense, what they do get, largely at the feet of Oscar from Brazil. At least he's the one setting up the goals. He was number one in China in league assists last year. The heart of his career, he spent five years with Chelsea. Uh, if you can find this match on TV, how to look for him, he'll be playing in a central attacking role, but usually right behind the striker. You know, sort of a false nine or a second striker. He's very, very good with his short passes, and he loves to operate close to the goal, even when he's surrounded. So he's a guy that can both score from up close and set up other people, even in very, very tight situations. Now, a little bit about our Filipino challengers, Kaya. They are known as the Lions, and they play out of Iloilo City, which has a metro area of about a million people. I usually like to throw in at least one food-related thing every single show. This is one of the culinary capitals of that part of the world, and they're in the Philippines. The most interesting thing I found with a quick perusal through a certain site was a pork dumpling soup called Pensit Molo, which in addition to pork also has chicken and shrimp in it. Love that for the texture and locally produced wonton wrappers that make it very, very unique. Oh, and uh, a little side note about the name. I should have moved that up. Would have made more sense. Uh, Kaya, since, uh, well, what does it mean? It, it's a combination of things from two different languages. There's a local language called Makati and Kaya sort of comes from a word that means we can, and then it's combined with a word or phrase from old Tagalog that is very, or Tagalog that is very, very similar that means key to brotherhood. And so this sort of, I'm guessing it's like a portmanteau, but this combination and this word they claim is very much key to their vision for how the club operates. Pretty cool. Uh, the league, not that strong. They're just rated number six here in the Eastern League Associations of Asia. The club is uh, probably ranked somewhere about in the 80s in all of Asia. They've never even won the Filipino top league. They have finished in second place twice. Uh, so they've been to the AFC Cup actually three times. Best they've done is the round of 16. This is their first time getting to play in the Champions League. Last year, they finished in second place in the regular season, and it was in a very abbreviated season. Only six teams played in the league, and they, they played in a bubble, I believe, and so they only played uh, a total of five matches each team. Goal differential was five and two. This is a distant second-best team in the Philippines, to be perfectly honest. United City is just as good on defense, but they scored 25 goals over that, so if there's any team that's going to uh, possibly advance through the group stage, it's going to be United City. Uh, scoring and assist leaderboard, key man to look for. I loved reading about this guy, or more specifically his dad, Kenshiro Daniels. His father is Gary Daniels, a martial artist, kickboxer, and actor of some renown. Uh, he played in what's now a very, very popular cult film based on a Japanese manga that was a live-action film called Fist of the North Star. And so he named his son... Kenshiro after the character he played in that movie. Uh, it would have been more of a supporting role, but he was also in The Legend of Bruce Lee. So if you're a fan of that sort of stuff, that's where you probably know this name from. So his dad's British, 
Mom is Filipino. He was actually born in Irving, California, but that said, he spent his entire career here in the Philippines. And then their excellent goalkeeper is a guy named Louis Casas. Match number seven. No frequent flyer miles this time for our Wednesday match keeps us in Asia. Match number seven is one out of the AFC Cup, a match from the East Asia zone, which for the purposes of this tournament, they divide all the countries into five different zones. And this is going to be the start of the group stage. Now, a little bit about the tournament itself. I mentioned it before that it was sort of like the Europa League, a secondary international club tournament, but not exactly. It's a little bit different over in Asia. You know, all the biggest leagues send their winners to the Champions League in Asia, just like everywhere else, but not the winners of all their league associations, the winners of the smaller ones or from countries that are a little bit poorer, perhaps, or where uh, football is not the most popular sport like India, they might send their winner or other teams to this tournament, what the AFC calls, quote unquote, soccer developing nations. I'm doing air quotes with my fingers and I don't know why this is an audio podcast. Anyway, you know what those look like. So the match in question comes out of Group J, which is one of them that has four teams. Some of the groups have just three. And the winners get to go on to the interzonal part of the competition. The teams, Tainan City out of Taiwan or Chinese Taipei, if you prefer. I don't care to get into the politics of it. Or uh, versus, rather, Athletic 220 or 220 FC out of all places, Mongolia. Don't think I've ever covered a team from Mongolia before, so it'll be fun. A little bit about each. Tainan City, a very young club, just founded in 2016. If you follow footy from this part of the world in any way, shape, or form, you might just as well know them as Taiwan Steel. Until a couple of years ago, the first couple of years of their existence, they were more or less a university team. Not officially with the university, but most of their players came from um, a local campus. But now they've got a steel corporation backing them, and they're getting much more uh, strong national team level players on their side, and it's paying off. Uh, they won the league by two last year over Thai Power. Uh, they were number one on offense, scoring almost three per game. The defense just average. That could really come uh, potentially bite them in a match like this. They have the second best league scorer on their team, a guy from Turks and Caicos named Mark Fenelis. Uh, he has played some soccer in the U.S., but not professionally. He played his college ball in West Texas and uh, at C.S. Fullerson uh, for his upperclassmen years, born in Haiti. He's uh, very good for this level. He was the MVP of the league, in fact, in 2019. And just as a side note, this is the second best rated league in this particular zone. Now, the team that they're uh, facing from Mongolia, not from nearly as strong as uh not from nearly as strong a league association. That's what I mean to say. Uh, Guam is the only one that comes in lower and they uh, chose not to send a team to the AFC cup. So let's talk a little bit about uh, athletic 220. They play out of the capital city of Ulaanbaatar. Uh, they too were founded in just 2016. They played in the second division year, got promoted right away and they qualified for this tournament by winning the 2020 Mongolian premier league, as you might imagine. Uh, they beat a club called Ulaanbaatar by two points to win the title. They're good on offense, but their bread gets buttered on defense. They were the one team that did not even let in one goal per match. Uh, nevertheless, number one league score was on their team. So uh, if uh, the Taiwanese can shut down this guy, they probably uh, are going to keep him scoreless. Nayam Osar Naranbold is his name, and he is Mongolia's all-time leader in international goals with eight. So if he could even get one, he'll set a record. 
And this is my favorite part of the show because this is the part where you had a chance to be interactive and help decide what we were going to cover. My handle on Twitter is SoccerNoobUSA. I throw up candidate matches that fit the parameters of the three different matches that will be explained shortly. I sling them up there. You vote on them, and then the contact magic happens. And our first one is a first versus last place matchup that we like to call the... Route, 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 route of, 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 of the week, 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 week. Excellent job, as always, on the homemade echo sound effect, Person Noob. Super good job. And for our route of the week, a first versus last place matchup that you got to vote on, you picked that we would go back stateside for one from the NWSL, headed to the women's side for the second time this podcast. And it'll involve a team that we've already seen once this podcast that played on Sunday. They also have a Wednesday match. We're talking about Kansas City, NWSLFC. Never seen a team before that had the league acronym as part of the actual club name. In any case, they are in last place and they are taking on number one, Orlando Pride, who we discussed earlier. So we're not going to uh, recover or rehash anything with Orlando Pride, but let's take a look at the challengers. Woeful last place, admittedly expansion side, to be fair, Kansas City FC. They were founded just six months ago, so brand spanking new, not even off their mother's apron strings yet. Uh, now, Kansas City had a team uh, for a few years up until 2017, and then it went under, and their players got shipped off basically to a team called Utah Royals that got started, and then they went under. Now, another interesting side note about this team, and who knows, maybe they can pump enough money into this eventually that they can get a team that isn't in last place. But Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, his fiance, they might be married by now, I'm not sure, Brittany Matthews has purchased a stake in the team. So fun little celebrity side note there. They trail second to last place Louisville City, another expansion side by two in the table. They are winless, 0-2-3 on the season, just two goals for while they have let in six goals. They've lost their last three matches and they haven't scored a single time in those three. Woof. At least they got a tie as well in the Challenge Cup, the little uh, mini preseason tournament that the NWSL put on at the beginning of the year, but they finished in last place there as well. Uh, their all-around best player, the one they might be able to hang their hat on to some degree, is Rachel Corsi. She is a center back, traditionally a defensive position, and yes, she has one of their two goals, and she's from Scotland. So it's not always a good sign when you got to rely on a box-to-box defender like that, but that's who they're going to be counting on. For our next bonus match, Person Noob, let's start them right off with the theme song. Could you be... The most meaningless match in the world. Yes, you could. You're so boring. (laughs) That's right. Complete, utter meaninglessness. Let's get existential about our football. We looked at every league in the world for matchups of pairs of teams that are both perfectly equidistant between the top of their tables, or at least international bursts, and relegation zone spots where they might get kicked down to a lower league, or in this case, simply last place because the match you voted on is from Major League Soccer. We're going to visit them a second time. This time we're going to the Eastern Conference. The match of meaninglessness is the East's current number 10 DC United versus number 11 Inter Miami, second year club. 
Club. DC United lead the all-time series 2-0. They just beat them on the road in their very last match. Nil three. Ouch. DC United trail uh, the last four playoff teams, each by two points. Uh, Inter-Miami, in turn, lead the two last-place teams in the Eastern Conference by four points each. And if you want to watch... ESPN Plus is the place, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, stateside. A little bit about each. D.C. United, uh, not as much success in recent years. Uh, They mattered a lot more back in the day, so to speak. They won the uh, CONCACAF Champions League in 1998, in fact. They have four MLS Cup titles to their credit, but they haven't won it since 2004. They had the best record in the entire league once in 2007, took home the Supporters' Shield. Last year, however, more indicative of their recent history. They finished in 13th place in the East. They are 2-3 and in their last five matches. Uh, They are tied for number 11 on offense and defense, have the 10th best goal differential, so they are right where they deserve to be. Uh, Players to watch for on the assist leaderboard is Adrian Perez. He is a forward who spent his last two seasons with LAFC. Uh, Their best all-around player is probably Russell. uh, I'm going to pronounce it Canos. He is a central midfielder. Uh, He's not much for uh, set pieces, setting people up on crosses, but he is great uh, overall in passing in the flow. In the flow. And he has a goal on the season, but he's not really uh, traditionally an offensive-minded midfielder. Uh, Hoffenheim had the rights to him, but he was mostly loaned out to a second Bundesliga team, uh, Bochum or Bochum. Meanwhile, Inter-Miami, they are known as the Herons. And here I thought those were Flamingos. Shows what I know. Noob. Uh, See, they had too many designated players. They tried to cheat basically the salary cap last year, and they got fined a whopping $2 million. I mean, we're talking Duck McScrooge kind of money there. Last year, uh, despite doing all that cheating, they finished in just 10th place in the East. They did make the playoffs, but they lost in the play-in round. Uh, Their current form, they are 1-1-3 in their last five, and they have lost their last two matches, haven't scored in either of those. Tied for number 11 on offense, 13th on defense. Just horrific. And then uh, number 12 in overall goal differential. I think this is a team that's more likely to uh, head downward than upward if their matches ever become meaningful instead of meaningless. On the scoring leaderboard, however, they have one of the world's all-time greats. A little bit past his prime, though. Gonzalo uh, Higain from Argentina. Uh, he was recently quoted, interestingly, saying that uh, despite the fact that his brothers played here for years, that he thought MLS would be easy and that he could, quote, play with a cigarette in his mouth, end quote. But he's uh, decided the league is much harder than it looks. Uh, his resume uh, just reads amazingly. He played for River Plate back home, one of the storied traditional powerhouses in Argentina. Uh, many years with Real Madrid, Napoli, Juventus. Uh, Juventus, he didn't play for that much. They mostly had him loaned out to uh, Milan and uh, Chelsea over in the Premier League. Uh, he has uh, gotten most of the goals in his career by goal poaching, which some people think is just fine. Some people think it's kind of a cheap way to go. I think it's perfectly fine as long as you're putting the ball in the back of the net. He hangs out close, catches loose balls, and puts them in. Um, that's how he spent most of his career. He's gotten a little older. He can now play uh, deeper, further back, setting other people up and uh, scoring more in the true flow of the game. And then another guy to look for on the assist leaderboard is uh, Gregor, a Brazilian defensive midfielder. And so at last, we come to the true end of our podcast road, the 10th and final match. 
Yes, longer time listeners of the show, I realize that normally we do 10 quote-unquote regular matches and then the three bonus matches. But this week, just for the sake of brevity, we thought we would actually honor the math and just do 1B, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 matches. But we will stick to tradition in one way. We don't end on notes of happiness or joy, but rather with wailing and gnashing of teeth, with teams that are truly justly worthy of your score and teams that occupy the bottom two spots in some top flight league in the world and are just putrid. This is the match of... Disappointed! Ooh, the Herculean scorn from Kevin Sorbo never sends to just send shivers up my spine. In any case, uh, this match is, uh, was a fun one to get voted on as the winner. I kind of wanted to do it anyway, but uh, back in uh, the SoccerNoon.com website days, and there's lots of fun stuff still up and archived there, by the way. Uh, one of my uh, friends who kind of fulfilled an intern-type role did all of our graphics, uh, called him Dan the Interno Inferno, because he was always on fire. Well... When his internship came to an end, my dear friend decided to leave for a far better football job, apparently. I don't know what he's getting paid, but it must be more than the you know can of beans a week I was giving him. Uh, he went off to work for the Swedish Football Association, the Women's Football Department specifically, and the match that got voted on for the match of disappointment disappointed is from Sweden's Damalsvenskan, something that he could have told us all kinds of things about. Uh, I don't know where exactly the league ranks overall in the world or in Europe. I can tell you that their national team is ranked number five, so the league is probably pretty good as well. They're about a third of the way through the season, and as such, uh, the league will get three Champions League berths. Uh, <laughs> these teams won't be going there. And uh, one team is going to get relegated no matter how much both of these awful, awful Pigs of teams deserve to go. It is number 12 in last place, Vaqua, which is uh, spelled V-A-X-J-O, but was the one pronunciation I decided to look up, versus number 11, uh, Your Garden. It's got a, a silent J in there. And, well, a soft J, I should say. In any case, these are your bottom two teams, and they head-to-head -head are 3-3 three and three all time against one another. Let's learn a little bit about each as I send you off. Uh, Vequa is a town in the southeast part of the country, about 100,000. I don't think it's quite on the coast, but pretty close. Uh, if you're a history buff, and you would have to be pretty deep into photography or art history, I think, to know this one. There's a rather famous uh, photo that was taken in 1985 <laughs> called Woman Hits Neo-Nazi With Her Handbag. <laughs> <laughs> and you say you don't like art. I mean, what wouldn't be fun about that? Google that up, friends. Uh, this area isn't just famous for that. It's also known as the Kingdom of Crystal. There are 14 glassworks in this town of just 100,000. Uh, the club itself, there's a reason they're not very good. They're fairly new. They were founded in 2014, promoted for the first time in just 2017. But we still accept no excuses. We are very, very disappointed in you, Vecqua, both your mother and I. Last year, you did better in the league. You finished uh, number six right about in the middle, but this year you're winless and we accept no excuses. You've only scored two goals on the year, tied for number eight in the league on defense. That's a little better, but tied for worst on goal differential. It's not looking good. Uh, I won't say best all-around player. Let's say uh, least worst all-around player is Emmy Alanen. She's a midfielder and she has both of their goals on the season. And we do actually have a couple of USA connections. We're always on the lookout for those. They have a midfielder who I don't know much about, uh, Madeline uh, Gotta, and then their goalkeeper, who I think is their starter, is a gal named Katie Frayne. And I think both of them have 
uh, both played all their professional careers actually uh, right there in Sweden. Uh, meanwhile, your garden, they are known, and I couldn't find an explanation on this one, strange nickname, the Iron Stoves. Even without an explanation, I like it better than lions. We had a lions this week. We usually have multiple lions every week. Do better soccer clubs than lions. But the iron stoves, that's just weird. In any case, they play out of the capital city of Stockholm. They've won the league title twice, but not since 2004. They got to go to the Champions League a couple of times. And the best they've done, they made the semifinals in 2005. Hard to believe they have fallen so far. And last year wasn't much better. They finished in ninth place. Uh, this year, they're number nine on offense, number 11 on defense, almost giving up two two per game. Just nasty. Number 10 on goal differential. Their two wins bookend their season per, to date. They won their first game, went in a huge losing skid, and then they just won their most recent game against, I believe, Ourobro. Uh Their all-around least stinky player is Sarah Olai. She is a defender who has two goals. I love seeing defensive players get in on the stats, but I don't think it's a very good sign for your team season when your only goals are not coming from any of the players up front. Uh, we do have a couple of uh, USA connections with this team as well. Haley Dowd is a forward that played for them um, or plays for them. She started her career with a team that was in the U S women's professional system at the time, the Boston breakers. And then their goalkeeper, I don't know if she's a starter or not, but one of their goalkeepers is Kelsey uh, Darty, and she played for the Chicago Red Stars last year, although I don't believe she made any appearances. I'm guessing that she wishes she wasn't appearing for this team, because good Lord, that stench coming out of the podcast isn't just the fact that I mispronounced lots and lots of things and that I am noob. These two teams, sorry to say it, Dan, the interno, former Interno Inferno, are absolutely awful. We wish no good luck to either of them, and we send them off, as we always do with this segment, with a big Bronx cheer. <laughs> you know, when I was an adult, I feel silly doing that by myself. Person Noob is not here this week. She's out traveling with her mom for a bit. But still, that's it. What you gonna do? And that's a wrap on episode 36 of the 10 to track weekly world match previous podcast. I'd like to thank Dan, my former interno inferno for all his inspiration and what he was able to provide on Sweden's FA on the women's side uh, to the management who does all our editing and production and uploading and makes all the magic content actually go out onto the magic interblag. Most of all to my daughter, nine-year-old person. Oob. I love you, honey. Even though you were pre-recorded on your segments, I know you'll be hearing this and I appreciate everything you have done as well as all that you will do. And just as much to you, the listeners. Hey, thanks a lot for checking us out. We know there are a lot of podcasts out there. We've really endeavored to try to bring you something fun and unique in a little bit of a different style and covering some matches that don't necessarily get covered anywhere. If you like it, pass it on. If you want to talk footy, you can catch me on Twitter. Once again, the handle is Soccer Noob USA. Until next time, have a fabulous footy week. Take care. <laughs>